you know, I was, I was drinking a lot. I was, it was, you know, the, I was materialistic and uh, the traveling was hurting my marriage. And I tell you, man, just having that cardiac arrest at the zoo and just dying and just falling flat on my face for 16 minutes and coming back to life was just the best thing that ever happened to me. It completely changed me. Welcome to the Bar Ben Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barbent.com. Today, I'm talking to weightlifter, weightlifting coach, and former bodybuilder, John North, who has been a prominent figure in American strength sports for nearly a decade. John's story is one with a number of twists and turns. From overcoming addiction to earning his way among the top ranks of American weightlifters, John was one of the first virtual weightlifting coaches to build a large following online, and he also competed in bodybuilding in addition to weightlifting. He's also caused some stirs in weightlifting in years past, and at one point created his own competition federation separate from USA Weightlifting. It's been about four years since I last talked to John, and I'll say this. He's reflective and thoughtful when it comes to his career in strength and a lot of things in life. He's always been a thoughtful guy, but it's really interesting to see how his thinking and approach has evolved. In our conversation, John talks about some fundamental changes in his life after he suffered a heart attack and was diagnosed with a hereditary heart condition. He also details his evolution as a coach and why he's happier coaching far fewer athletes than he did years ago. I do want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbed podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to it. John, thanks so much for joining me. It's hard to believe it's been four years since we've chatted. I believe it was at a, a local weightlifting meet on Long Island actually uh the move fast lift heavy invitational i think it was yeah. about four years yeah. ago so a yeah. lot has changed uh, in the world in the strength community since then but uh what are you what are you up to these days what is kind of your your primary focus in the strength training uh and strength space well david it's good to see you again and thanks for having me on bar ben the uh, bar ben podcast here um really good to see you again man i, I do appreciate you having me on um you know, we definitely need to stay in touch more. So, you know, it's been too long. You know what I mean? So glad to be here. Um, man, you know, Dave, it's a good question. I, I, I'm a simple man. I'm a, I'm a simple man. And, and that's really how I live my life these days is I'm a simple man. Uh, I, 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 I run a barbell club for, um, you know, for weight. Uh, I have a weightlifting team called Attitude Nation Barbell Club. Uh, it's online, but I do have uh, a local gym here in Primeville, Oregon. Um, so I coach here locally and I coach online. Um, so it's a great team. I love my athletes. I coach weightlifting and, and that's it. You know, I, I don't run any weightlifting federations anymore. You know, I don't do as much traveling as I used to. You know, I might do one or two seminars a year. That's about it. Uh, run a few camps here and there for the Barbell Club. And I'm at all the weightlifting meets, you know, for the most part. Uh, but just, you know, staying on that weightlifting path as far as, is, is, you know, being a coach and being an athlete and just trying to simplify my life and kind of just stay in my lane and, and focus on the athletes that I have 
rather than always trying to do more and want more. I think that's a big problem a lot of people have is wanting more, wanting more, wanting to do more, more, more. I actually did an Instagram live video a few days ago talking about how I'm content and I'm actually okay with that. And I think in the strength world, David, a lot of people, that's like, they're shocked to hear that content. You can never be content. Let, let's go. Let's PR. Let's live big. Let's, let's want more. And, and I'm like, no, you know, I'm actually content as a, as a human right now. Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm doing. Well, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting to hear. I was actually wondering if maybe um, if the bodybuilding bug had kind of reared its head and bitten you again. I know that was a passion of yours for a while, kind of uh, in the middle of your of your weightlifting career. In many ways, tell us a little bit about about that experience and you know why bodybuilding? Because we see a lot of what we'll see is we'll see a lot of powerlifters go to bodybuilding or bodybuilders go to powerlifting. We don't see a lot of weightlifters cross that bridge like you did for a little while. Take us through career. Yeah, well, I started weightlifting because of bodybuilding, uh, because of pumping iron, 1977, pumping iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. And, um, you know, I had a drug issue, a drug problem, and I was actually in a, in a crack house. And I was up for three nights straight and, you know, hitting the old meth pipe. And uh, all of a sudden, somebody put in pumping iron. With, and, and I watched it for the first time. And I've really never lifted weights um, before seeing that documentary, that movie. And so when I saw it, I was so inspired by Arnold and I wanted to be free like him. I wanted to be Arnold pretty much. And so I got into bodybuilding and, and somehow bodybuilding just kind of led me to Olympic weightlifting. Um, and then just later in my, my career in weightlifting, I said, you know, this is a big bucket list for me. This is something I've always wanted to do is to compete in a bodybuilding show. I respect the sport like crazy. I think it's one of the greatest sports of all time. And uh, I respect the athletes that compete in bodybuilding. Um, and so I went for it. Uh, I trained, got a coach, did the diet, did the cutting, did the workouts, did everything, the posing, and, and went out and did a show with, with my wife. And um, and so I, I just have a lot of respect for the sport. I mean, and, and David, I, I will say the greatest time period in my life is that year I trained for the show because me and my wife trained every day together. Um, we were on this new journey together. Uh, we just had our firstborn uh, child named Lincoln, our son, and you know we take him to kids club, and he even w- went with us to some of the gyms. We just have him in like a, in like a, a, a little what do you call that? Like a little buggy cart, and uh, we just basically place him down like a gym bag right next to all the machines that we're using. And the gym was okay with it; it was kind of a locally owned place. So, uh, but just some of the best times of my life were training with my wife, um, and just having that that relationship with her that was so close. I mean, we have a close relationship, but doing something like that, weightlifting is such an individual sport. Even when you're training with somebody, it still feels individual. But when you're bodybuilding with somebody, there's definitely more of an into, you know, the, uh, a bond there. Yeah. And, and I think bodybuilding is, I mean, it is everything. It is a lifestyle. It's an all encompassing sport. Every moment of your day in that sport is built around that goal. It's it's what you eat. It's how you sleep. It's how you're recovering. It's your time in the gym, but it's all the hours. I mean, it's nonstop. Mm-hmm. You don't have a you don't really have a true rest day from the bodybuilding lifestyle as you would in, you know, maybe, you know, when I was weightlifting, I'd go out on the weekends, get some pizza and ice cream, mm-hmm. have a day when I was off the diet, not really training, taking that as a rest day. Bodybuilding, especially when you're prepping for a show, which is a months and sometimes years long endeavor early on in the sport, every single day you have to be locked in. There's no time off. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's none. Zero. I mean, like a cheat meal is like having a little 
you know, some, some, you know, some little pasta or something on a Sunday night. Peanut know. butter and celery. That's the cheat meal. Right yeah. There. That's, Maybe. A cheat, that's a cheat. You know, so it's, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a very demanding sport. Let's talk a little bit about Attitude Nation and your Barbell Club. Right now, I mean, during the time of COVID-19, 2020, it seems like everything's online. It seems like virtual coaching has been around for a long time. And it really hasn't. Back in, I want to say it was like 2014, 2015, you were one of the first I was seeing, at least in the United States, to take coaching online and try and build an online barbell club or an online community of lifters. And that was at a time when people were still saying, oh, weightlifting isn't the sport that's going online. Virtual coaching, people were kind of making fun of it. We look back at it now and we're like, right. you know, that's the norm. That's what a lot of people, most people are dealing right. with. Right. Tell us about the idea to originally build that barbell club online it was, it and how huge. it evolved. It was huge. It was huge. Um, but I didn't know anybody's name. <laughs> Just their Instagram oh. handles. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, that's the problem is because it was so big and I went about it wrong, incorrectly. There was definitely high points with Team Dark Orchestra and, it's it started out with a sincere endeavor. Hmm. Um, it started out with an organic, you know, idea, and then it just became, you know, it became a, a kind of a monster form of itself. Swallowed me up and swallowed everybody else up and uh it, it just became more about the numbers the money the fame the power just taking over and and you know how many athletes can i get on the team and we had a ton but i didn't know anybody's name i didn't know what their favorite movie was i didn't know their lifts i didn't know if anybody was competing locally hardly nationally you know i was doing 20 other things at the time i was running a weightlifting federation i was bodybuilding i was still weightlifting I was doing, you know, a million seminars. I felt like a month. I was traveling all the time. And, and, and then I had this, this, this weightlifting team that was online. And I have to admit, man, it just, it came a point where I just kind of felt like a fake, kind of felt like a fraud, you know, like, man, I don't even know who's on my own team. This ain't a team. Um, so, you know, I just... There was a lot of things in my life before I died at the zoo, as you know, I had a cardiac arrest that were just going a direction that I didn't want him to go. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing things in bodybuilding that I highly regret. Um, you know, I think most people might know what I mean by that. I just kind of went darker and darker and I to it took some definitely some some dark paths that I regret taking in bodybuilding and you know, I was, I was drinking a lot and I was, it was, you know, the, I was materialistic and, uh, the traveling was hurting my marriage. And I tell you, man, just having that cardiac arrest at the zoo and just dying and just falling flat on my face for 16 minutes and coming back to life was just the best thing that ever happened to me. It completely changed me. And, um, you know, now the, the barbell club is 100% different. I run it the exact opposite to you know, we cap it so I can't, you know, you can't just, you know, if you go to the site right now to join my online team, it's closed. I won't even let you on because, you know, I want to make sure I have a relationship mm. with every athlete. And um, to me, it's not about the money. It's not about anything like that. It's just about being sincere as a weightlifting coach. And, and you know, I've grown a lot. I'll tell you that. Since 2014 and now, I've grown a lot. And, 
you know, I'm happy about that. Yeah, very few people in life get that hard reset button. It's almost right. like unplugging your modem and plugging it back in right. that, that, that you got there. And we chatted. It was a few months after that. I think that happened. Was that September of 2016 mm-hmm. that happened to you? Yeah, yeah. And you, and thank you guys, Barben. You guys were super awesome with announcements and updates on my recovery and when I was in the ICU and stuff. So I do appreciate that. I mean, it was um, you know, it was something that a lot of people a lot of people were tuned in, and and it was something that. I think that you were you were very open about in the months after you know we we sat down and you chatted with us on that live stream for that weightlifting and just a few months after I think it was your first time snatching three hundred pounds yeah, right. since since you'd come back from that uh, I got to say how how is your health these days How are you feeling these days um, You know are you how is what does your training look like based around right. that Right and big shout out to Chris Harris and Freedom Weightlifting or uh, Freedom uh, uh, Freedom Athletic move, Academy move Fast Lift Heavy I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I really messed that up. Uh, move fast, lift heavy out in New York. Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Harris out there for having me out for that event. Um, no, my health is good, man. My heart has has fully recovered. It's 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 back to normal. Uh, I'm I'm healthy as an ox. I you know I get checkups all the time. I have the heart defibrillator in me, and it, it hasn't gone off. So that's a good thing, of course. You know, because it's not a pacemaker; it's a defibrillator. So it's just there in case. Um, no, I'm I'm healthy, man. My daughter's healthy. You know, she had she had a, a heart issue, and and uh, she still might need a heart transplant in the future. But as of right now, her heart's progressing and stuff like that. So you know, it's been definitely a tough few years, but it's also been a a blessed few years. You know, sometimes when you're in going through something in life, you think, man, all this bad is happening, but the Lord works in you know mysterious ways, and we don't know His full plan. And it's like now I look back and think, man, I'm so glad that we went through all that. Because it's such a blessing now. And sometimes in the moment, we just can't see it. So anybody listening right now, if they're going through something, it could be one of the best things that ever happened to you. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going through dark times right now. It's been a long time since they've seen their families. Maybe they're not training the way they're used to. And one thing I've heard from a lot of people is, you know, community is hard to come by with gyms shut down or, or people or things not open fitness and strength sports, we're not all competing at an elite level. Most people listening to this podcast are never going to set a world record. They're never going to set a state record. They might not ever set a gym record, you know, mm-hmm. but, and th- what attracts them isn't necessarily the lonesome pursuit for some people. That's it. Some people have that. They want that kind of head down self-improvement aspect. That wasn't mm-hmm. ever the the purpose for me. For me, it was finding a community of like-minded individuals and kind of gutting it out together or in close proximity, even if you're training alone. And so I think it's an important thing to bring up during uh, during these times. What is uh what does your training look like these days? Are you still lifting? Are you um are you just what are you doing to kind of stay fit, stay okay, active? Okay. So I my life in weightlifting is an athlete because my number one priority is is coaching. I, I love my barbell club so dearly. And my athletes, and I, I just so blessed to to be able to, to be a weightlifting coach in USAW too, because there was a big portion of Team Do where I was not with USAW. Yep. I was running the federation, and me and USAW kind of had we were button heads, and uh, you know, I just I'm so glad to have shaken a few hands in USAW. Had I've had a few sit downs mm-hmm. with people in USAW, and we hashed it out, and I apologized about some things, and and they did as well, and you know, we were men about it, and you know. I'm really glad to be back with USAW. It's huge. It's huge. Um, but me as an athlete, my, my, my definite, my, to sum up my career as an athlete in weightlifting is the Al Pacino Godfather <laughs> the, part two. Um, 
why is it part two or part three where, you know, it's the famous right when I thought I was out. <laughs> they pulled me back in. Back in. I think it was three, right, when they were shooting up his crib. So, you know, that's my life. You know, I, uh, I actually haven't been doing a lot of weightlifting at all because um, I've just been focusing on coaching, family, life, things like that. Uh, but now I'm, I'm kind of throwing weight over my head again. So I, I kind of go in spurts. You know, the bar is always calling my name, whispering at me. On these stretches, you know, where I start to put together some hard training, uh, you know, something I struggle in my life, David, is is balance and just being able to like, okay, John, just get in a few times a week, focus on coaching, of course, and family, but, you know, continue doing weightlifting, maybe do some local meets, have fun with it. But it's like, man, if I'm not going to the top, I, I, I have struggled even doing it in the first place. So I'm really working on just balance in my life of being okay with just going in the gym a few days a week and getting some sessions in and um, but yeah, my relationship with being an athlete weightlifting is so that scene in Godfather. I just, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in. And, uh, it's just, that's it. That's, uh, that's, that's interesting. And I think that, you know, I've talked to athletes special about it. It calls Cheryl Hayworth pretty recently. Mm-hmm. And she's right. obviously one of the most accomplished lifters right. in American history, right? right. Yeah. yeah. A, a true legend, a resume that just like. I mean, she won yeah. a bronze medal at the Olympics when she was 17. Yeah. Start Come there. On. Start Come there on. and Start expand there. on. Yeah, yeah. She's and, amazing and she, person, too. And she was mentioning, she's like, you know, it's 20 years later. And she was talking to me recently, and she was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm getting, I'm feeling the call again. Right. On the platform of getting back. Yes. Yeah, look at Chad Vaughn. Look at these. You know, I was at 2019 Nationals um, competing, actually, in the in the A session. I, I kind of was sitting there like, wow, how did I end up back here? This is crazy. Um, I mean, it took me five meets and one bomb out to get there, but I was there last year in 2019 nationals. <laughs> I'm looking around. I got to admit, I'm looking around. I'm seeing the same. I'm seeing like a lot of the old school weightlifters and I'm like, man, we're all still kind of here. You know, I mean, of course there's a lot of new lifters and stuff, but it is interesting how you grow in a sport and you go back to it after some time. Cause I left USAW for a while and you're like, you know, a lot of the OGs are still here. You know, they're, they're, that kind of that foundation, the root of the sport is still there. I thought to see, I thought I was going to see a lot more new people, mm-hmm. you know, walking around, strutting, you know, their chest popped out, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, of course, there were some young bucks there that were swooping medals that kicked my butt. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I took 10th, um, but I was just happy to be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just happy to be there. <laughs> it, it's interesting to me because, you know, we see strength sports often as like, you know, you have your your prime. But, I mean, there are some people across these sports that have very long careers. I was fortunate enough to talk to David Ricks, who's a very famous powerlifter on a recent podcast. His powerlifting history, his first national level meet was in 1982. And he set wow. an open world record, not a master's world record, an open world record most recently in 2017. Oh. And he still competes in the open division at age 61. Oh, my gosh. See, that's the great thing. I was talking about this the other day is the great thing about an iron sport, the iron world that we live in. If you're powerlifter, bodybuilder, strongman, weightlifting, uh, CrossFit, whatever it may be, is the fact that it never ends. And that's the beauty. We have master's division. We have youth all the way to master's division. I have an athlete named Stephen Powell who's 61 years old. He just won uh, gold at master's Pan Ams. 61. This guy is kicking ass and taking names. He trains five or no, four days a week. You know, four days a week on, I may add. I don't have a master's program. 
we're all on the same program. If you're 14 or if you're 61, you're on the same program. Now, they're a little modified, but for the most part, the foundation is the same. I'm a big believer in team programming. Um, but that's the beauty, is that even as I'm almost 35, which I'm almost a master, I sit here now, you know, it's not like football. When you're done with football in high school or college, you're pretty much done, right? Basketball, you're done, unless you do like a rec league at the YMCA. You're done. To actually compete at a high level, you know, it's a, it's a never-ending story in a sport like weightlifting, and that's so awesome. And it's 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 always interesting to see too um, how quickly it can come back for people with that base of training. People who might have taken a couple of years off or even longer, you know, mm-hmm. there's something about building that training and that that foundation when you're younger. Now, it's not to say people can't get into the sports for the first time when mm-hmm. they're older. There are some mm-hmm. supremely talented masters athletes we've seen right. get into it when they're older. But it's it's always interesting to see folks like once a weightlifter, always a weightlifter. You just kind of have to shake the rust off sometime. It's that yourself. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about your approach to, to your coaching your team now and your online team. Now it's much smaller than it was much, yes. much smaller. It sounds like, yes. and it seems like it's a much more intimate experience. You're much yeah. closer with the lifters you have. Right. And with so much, with so much dominating the kind of virtual fitness space these days, what are some things you do to make sure you build that close relationship with your lifters, even at a distance yeah, or virtually? Tell everybody, cause someone's going to copy me now. Oh, this is the secret sauce. This is the secret sauce, you know? Well, you know, I, I, um, one, one thing that I do is I'm at all the meets. Mm. I, I make it my passion and effort to be at the meets. I don't want to be one of these weightlifting coaches that just have an online weightlifting team, but don't show up for the meets. I'm there. You go to AO series, you go to AO, you go to nationals. Um, you know, you go to the Arnold. I'm there. A lot of the local meets, I was in Reno a few weeks at a, at a hassle-free competition. I'm there. So any local meet I can get to, I'm there. Obviously, I can't go to all of them, of course. Uh, but the, you know, the big national-style meets, you know, I'm there. So I think that's important. You know, last year at the Arnold, we rolled in. I think we had 27 athletes that I coached. Uh, in Reno, we actually had just about 20, just shy of 20, 19. Um, and that was a local competition. I got three athletes at nationals coming up in a few weeks. Uh, and my goal is to get all 74 athletes to, 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 to compete at the Arnold next year in March. And if they don't want to compete or let's say they're just not qualified or something like that, cause it's an AO series one, technically then I want at least everybody to go just to be a team. Mm-hmm. So just team aspect, you know, we do team meetings on Sunday on Facebook. Um, you know, I text, I call and I say this, David, I don't want to ramble on about this. Here's my main thing is if you have, if you're on an online weightlifting team, and I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to take shots at anybody, but if you're at an online weightlifting team and you can't pick up the phone and call your coach, you need to, you need to find a new team. Mm-hmm. If, if you, you can't that- pick up the phone and call your weightlifting coach directly and that, and get a hold of him within the hour or her, you to me, that's the separation between an online team and like a legit team. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I'm, 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 I'm saying back in the team dude days. Nobody had my phone number. It just wasn't that close-knit community like it is now. If you're an athlete of mine and you call my phone, I'm answering the phone right away. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that I strive for is just having that personal relationship um, with my athletes. 
Well, I appreciate you, appreciate you sharing that. Not to give away not to give away too much of the uh, of the secret sauce that you've built over over yeah. a long period of time. I do want to talk. You mentioned uh, you're a big believer in team programming, and that's something we've actually only talked lightly about on the podcast before when we've had weightlifting coaches on, and there are a lot of different opinions on this. You know, having the same program or at least the same base program that's slightly modified for lifters, but everyone's kind of sharing that that same template is is that something I'm curious if you picked up? Did you pick that up at your Cal, during your California? Yeah, yeah, days? you nailed it, David, on the head. I mean, yeah. you know, my background is so heavily with you know influenced by Coach Penley, of course, and you know Dave Spitz, and you know um, it, it's it it you know even in Hassle Free and Jackie Ma and, and Kevin and Paul Doherty, and you know this is just team, team, team. It's all team, you know. Um, and, and, and you know, and, and I and I'm open when I say you know I was just I was spoiled rotten, you know, as a as a as a weightlifting athlete. You know, these these lifters, David, that go train in their garage by themselves. I mean, s- salute to them, man. Like so much respect for a garage lifter in there grinding at you know six a.m. before work, or you know eight o'clock at night after work once they're done with family dinner by themselves. You know, I mean that is remarkable. Um, I was blessed to be on these big teams, as you know, and, you know, I was getting worked on by Kelly Starrett and I was fully sponsored and travel was taken care of and I was getting hot baths and ice baths and, you know, you know, I was, you know, I mean, I had to work to get there. Don't get me wrong. That's a whole different podcast for the journey to get there is a whole different podcast, you know, but I salute these lifters that, that didn't have the team. So my goal is I want that, that, that team camaraderie Mm -hmm. that I had coming up with athletes across the, the country and the world. We have a few athletes overseas. So how can I take that team camaraderie from an online team and, and basically bring everybody together? And the number one thing I can talk about team meetings, phone calls and text messages, showing up all the meets. Um, you know, our team Facebook page is just absolutely so fun. But I think the number one thing that brings us together, honestly, is everybody being on the same program because it creates that unspoken understanding. Everyone's going through the same suck, right? Everyone's going through the same dark times. Everyone's talking about the program, talking about the workout, relating to each other. And that just that just builds that that tight knit, you know, team that we're that you're really going for as a coach. Who in the strength community, it could be in weightlifting, it could be outside of weightlifting, do you look at these days with, uh, with admiration or, or respect or you, you look at them and you see what they're doing and you're going, okay, that's, that's something cool? Right now? Yeah, right now. In weightlifting? It could be weightlifting, could be broader. It could be something in a different strength sport. You know, you like to say the iron game or iron sports. It could be something, you know, just in the community. It could general training somebody you look at or a few people you look at and you're like hey i like what they're doing mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah it's a really good question actually um hmm well i first want to give two answers and, and, and the first two people that come up in my mind and when i say two people i kind of mean three is the doherty brothers a mm. how, uh, kevin and paul doherty you know what they do out there at hassle free barbell club with the kids and how they're so committed to the sport. They have so much passion. They have no social media. They're just, they're high school teachers and coaches. They're all about just getting kids into weightlifting and producing champions. They just love the sport. And you can feel that and see that. And there needs to be more people like that. So, you know, I, I, I really respect them. Dave Spitz at Cal Strength, what he's created from, from the first chapter of Cal Strength all the way to now is just 100% 
remarkable. I mean, it is amazing what Dave has done. Um, and I think that every, you know, every weightlifting coach, every weightlifting team, I think strives to be, you know, Cal strength in their own, in their own identity of Cal strength is the model in the U S 100% in, in the U S in, in yes. Um, and so I give a lot of respect to Dave Spitz there kind of some people new up in the game. I mean, I don't know. Gosh, <sighs> that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's tough. I don't know. I think Sean Waxman is the greatest commentator. He's an amazing coach, of course, a legendary coach, but his common commentary at the worlds and stuff. I love, but no, I don't it's know. Off, it's off the charts. Getting on the mic with him is like the highlight yeah. of my year. I love Sean Waxman so much. He's, he's an amazing human. Um, but th- that'd be my answer. I'm sorry. I didn't give you a better one. I, I just, I don't know a lot of the new cats, man. Like I keep my head down these days. Like I don't want to ruffle feathers. Like I used to, you know, I used to <laughs> kind of be the bad boy of weightlifting, the Johnny cash. I don't want that anymore. You know, I, I just want to get along with everybody and keep, and keep my head down. I, you know, I, I, I will say in my experience, getting to know you during kind of the end of that phase of, yeah. of your career, I don't know if it was, I think a lot of people might have seen you as the bad boy. I don't think it was intentional on your part because you were never you're, you were never a tough guy to get along with. And look, I work in media. I can I can piss people off as a profession. Sometimes I do, right? Mm. But you were never a tough guy to get along with. But you did want to move quickly. Mm. You did want to kind of push the boundaries, whether it was in your own training. Right. When it, when you started your federation, you're like, cool, we have a new federation. These are the competitions. Let's go. Right. Yeah, you know, it's okay. you move very quickly, and I think sometimes. In anything, but especially in sports, people like to do it the way it's always been done. And mm-hmm. so change takes patience, and that's something I think we develop as we get older. I think it's something you seem to have developed a lot as you've gotten older, had mm-hmm. kids, made your team smaller, worked more closely with your athletes. Right. Um, I think sometimes we can get labeled as like – it's easy to get for people to get labeled as like the bad boy just because they want things to progress really quickly. And I, I wonder if, if that was kind of what might have happened with you. I don't know. I don't want to speak too much for you though. Well, one of the, you know, one of the biggest thing that happened to me really too is, 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 you know, becoming a Christian, um, and finding God and laying my sword down and, and, and dying for Jesus. And, and, and honestly, that, that is the number one thing. And I'm glad you brought this up and, you know, I won't rant about this too long, but you know, I used to be very prideful, prideful. I used to be very cocky, confident, you know, um, And, you know, I just, you know, when I got saved and I just laid my sword down, I just, you know, I I don't, what I work on every day is not to be prideful, Mm. you know, not to be cocky, not to boast, um, just live, live my life for God and, and, you know, just walk as close as I can, you know, to, to Jesus, which is obviously impossible to walk right next to him. Um, I fall short every day. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a wretched sinner, but I, I try darn hard. And, um, you know, that's been a big impact in my life as well. I mean, since we're talking about it, it's, it's been a big one, the biggest I, one. I appreciate you sharing that, John. Everyone goes through their journey. And I mean, this podcast is, it's not just about the numbers on the bar. It's not just about your most recent PR. You know, we're trying to learn about the people behind, right. behind the sports, because that's what, I mean, that's what makes it interesting, right? Seeing someone snatch 400 pounds on television might get you in the gym it doesn't ever keep you there. You know, it's right. the people who do, I think sometimes John, right. where is the best place for people to keep up to date with, uh, with what you're doing, uh, these days? Uh, you can follow me at attitude nation 
And uh, let me see. That's it. I got rid of Twitter. Um, Probably a good thing. Probably a good thing overall. Craziness on there. So you can just follow me at Attitude Nation. It's pretty much it. I mean, my, my website, doweightlifting.com, real simple site. Uh, we sell straps, and I got a few seminars booked and doing a few camps. And, you know, I got some clothing stuff up there, and you, the podcast link is there. Some things, some, some cool stuff there. But uh, that, that's pretty much it, you know. If you want to come find me, I'm in Primeville, Oregon, out here in the desert of Oregon. So you can, you can swing by here. <laughs> John, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's always a pleasure to catch up. We'll, it won't be four years until the next time. I no, can promise no, let's you do that. It again. I, I'd love to jump back on, David. This has been a great show, man. You're an awesome interviewer, by the way. I, I, I was doing a podcast myself for so long. I, you know, Interviewing someone is an art form, and it's, it's harder than people think. So I just want to say on air right now that you're – you're a killer at this, man. It's awesome. I appreciate it, John. And it's it's easy when you get people with good stories who are willing to tell them. That's the hardest thing. If you can get the good guests, hey, most of the other stuff falls into place. So all that to say, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we're really excited to share uh, this perspective and some of your story with our audience. Appreciate it, man. Cool. Hey, thanks, David. Appreciate it.